These words from God this morning come from Paul, chapter 4 of Ephesians. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. People change, said Will Rogers, but not much. And we can all point to people in situations that seem to confirm what he says. But I believe you are here and I am here today because we believe differently. We believe that people can and do change. But I think we need to understand that oftentimes change doesn't come immediately, that change and maturity and development comes over time. And wise people, I think, begin to understand and anticipate this. I'm glad that my parents were wise. And they didn't stop me from walking when I fell the first two or three times. They didn't just confine me to a chair and say, well, he'll never walk. I'm glad that uh, when I had three wrecks in the first six months that I was driving, two of them with uh, stationary objects, I'm glad they didn't take the car away from me forever. They, they knew it would take time, but that it would come. And I'm glad that my pastor in college who invited me to preach one summer at my home church uh, didn't... Uh, discouraged me from going into the ministry when my very first sermon was delivered at the speed of sound and quoted 57 different Bible verses in a 25-minute period. And people there just felt like they had biblical whiplash in the congregation. But he knew that it would take time. People grow, change, develop over time. Wise coaches understand this. I always think with my three children who uh, played tennis, uh, that I always took the losses more uh, with greater weight and harder than did the coaches. The coaches just wanted to know, were they improving? Were they learning? Were they growing? They had a longer-term perspective, and I was just kind of stuck in, in that one thing that had just occurred. Wise employers, the same way. They usually give their beginning employees at least 90 days to sort of adjust to the system and, and, feel, and feel out whether the employees are a good fit for uh, the organization. And, of course, even the wise farmer plants the seed in the ground, and after five days, if he doesn't see a crop, doesn't pull up all the seeds, throw them away and decide it isn't going to work. Things take time. People grow, change, and develop over time. And it shouldn't surprise us that Christians are the same way. Just because people make a commitment to Christ or just because people come down the, uh, to the altar and join the church doesn't mean they are a fully grown, fully developed Christian. It takes time for us to grow in our faith and to reach full maturity. Uh, it certainly takes more than a few days. It takes, I think, even more than a few years. And if I'm any example, it takes even more than a few decades for someone to grow, to get to their, their point of uh, their great maturity in the Christian faith. Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, but his first missionary journey didn't take place until 14 to 16 years later. Just because Paul got struck from heaven didn't automatically make him a completely developed person in this new faith of Jesus as the Messiah. It took time. Uh, in fact, one of Paul's words that he uses for new Christians is he calls them babies. Peter also refers to, to developing Christians as babies. And most of us don't expect our babies to uh, walk or run from the day they're born. We know that it takes time, and it will take time for Christians as well. And so it is that when we gather as a body, we gather as people of different stages of development, uh, some of us a little further on our walk than others. 
Uh, but we come from different places, and Paul encourages us to give each other room to grow, to room to mature. This is the advice he gives the early church in Ephesus. In Ephesus, he says, be humble and gentle with one another, bearing with one another. Paul knew that we all come from different stages, and, and we all come actually uh, with different uh, practices and behaviors and habits. And so we're going to have to put up with one another as we all grow to maturity in Christ. I love what Gerald Sitzer says about this. He says to bear with one another in love means two things to him. It means that you give each other room to be. In other words, every Christian is not a carbon copy of, of the other Christians. Uh, we differ in, in our habits uh, and things typically that are minor, but, but we approach life differently. I learned this on, on the trip. We were in the airport in Turkey uh, very early one morning uh, waiting for an overdue plane. And so some people got uh, tired of, of waiting and the really wise people had their uh, blackberries with them and they followed the Red Sox uh, baseball game. But the rest of us were reduced to doing other things there in the airport. And so the woman, uh, it was a part of a married, delightful married couple, apart from me, uh, opposite me, took out her iPod. And I asked her what she was listening to, and she told me, she said, well, and she named the Christian artist that she was listening to, and she said, you know, I would never listen to a non-Christian artist, nor let my children do the same. So I took my iPod I had out and slid it back into my backpack. Of all my artists, I've only got two that are Christian in the whole thing. One of them is our own Daryl Smith. But we're different. It didn't make us one of us closer to God than the other. We give each other room to be. There's going to be differences, preferences, and dress, and style, and, and worship style. It, it always amazes me when, uh, when people talk about the worship service that we have in the, in the Christian Life Center, and they say, well, you know, when they grow up, they'll come here to the sanctuary. Well, aside from their leader, they're all pretty grown up. He's good. Word will get back to him. You can tell him. We're all different. Our preferences are different, but it doesn't make us more Christian than the other. But we give each other room. And then Sitzer says we give each other room to become. In other words, we understand that people need room in an environment to help them grow. That that's, All of us are not where we're going we're to be. We're all on a road. We're all on a journey. And we give each other space in Christ to get there. Now, how do we do that? Let me give you just three suggestions uh, this morning that come from a great Christian uh, counselor. His name is Henry Cloud, and he's been helpful to me in thinking about change. And he says this, that for an environment of change, for, for the Holy Spirit to work with us and help us change to become new and deeper and more mature people in Christ, that three things have to happen, that all of us have to experience grace. All of us need to know we're loved unconditionally, and people need then to be graceful with us when we make mistakes, when we say or do the wrong thing. This is what Paul said. Let's hear it again. Be humble and gentle with one another. Anybody else you can think of in the Bible who was humble and gentle? In Matthew 11, Jesus said, I am humble and gentle. And he isn't the first. Moses is described in Exodus as a man who was like nobody else before him. And the description of Moses is he was humble and gentle. In other words, typically Moses gave people space. Typically Jesus gave people space and grace because he knew they weren't where they, they were supposed to be. But he was going to allow them to move where they could be. John Claypool puts it this way. God is much more interested in who we might become than in who we have been. 
Give people grace to grow. Second thing that's required for growth is, is truth. And that is sometimes people, uh, some of our habits are, uh, are less than what they should be. There are some things that are significant that make us less Christian. Uh, there are some practices that are against the scripture or they're not for our uh, health, our well-being. And in that case, people need to let us know gently. They need to be able to hold a mirror up to us so we can see who we are and where we've fallen short. And I am not a perfect father, but I guarantee you I'm a better father than I used to be because of a man who pulled me aside and showed me a picture of myself in the mirror. And I'm not a perfect husband, but I guarantee you I'm a better husband than I used to be because of another man who, uh, in a side conversation one day, showed me that mirror and told me the truth about myself, that the energy I could put into my wife, I was diverting into other things. Sometimes it's not just grace. And acceptance we need, though that, but in that atmosphere of grace and acceptance, people need to tell us gently the truth so that we can grow. And in, in the last lecture, which I've talked to you about the last few times I've preached, uh, so many interesting life lessons. And in it, uh, Randy Pausch talks about his mentor when he's in the doctorate program who pulled him aside one day and he said, you know, Randy, it's a shame that when you get out in the world, people are going to perceive you as arrogant And that's going to greatly limit the contributions that you can make to society. What Randy said is my mentor was telling me I was a jerk without using those exact words. And he said, that was right. I realized I was. That was overbearing that I came on too strong that people thought I was arrogant. And that coaching, he said, helped me in life. People need the truth in an atmosphere of grace. And then finally, says Cloud, besides grace and truth, people need time. Flowers simply don't bloom and crops don't grow overnight we have this belief that the holy spirit comes upon us and we accept christ uh we're uh, a new creation and that is true but we think that means that everything is fully developed like a new car off the lot and everything works exactly as it should be but the biblical witness is always that it takes time for people to grow into their faith to mature where god would have them be it just takes time and we need to understand and give each other time and space to grow as we give them appropriate encouragement and truth along the way. When I uh, was on this trip, I learned many valuable lessons, uh, but one happened this way. Uh, We were in Israel, and one day, and I'd seen it before, so I was ready, uh, our leader who teaches us by saying the way you learn in Judaism is you do what the leader does. You do what the rabbi does. You don't necessarily have to take notes on what he says. That helps. But you better learn to do what he does, whether you understand and like it or not. So one day, he just jumps in the middle of the river. And everybody's got their brand new boots, dry socks, dry shorts, and shirt on. And the implication is you jump in too. And it's interesting. You watch people take their boots off or look at their boots and think about it. And then think, well, maybe my socks could stay on or maybe they go off. And and about half the people have jumped in. The other half are thinking about it. And then people uh, do what they're going to do. And he doesn't say much about it when we come out of the river except to say, you know, this is a teaching moment. You have to learn when you follow Jesus to do what he does, whether you like it or understand it or not. That was it. Enough said, and he went on. Well, ten days later, just a day before we go home, our boots are finally dry. Socks are dry. Clothes are dry. And darn if he didn't get to a water trough and jump in again. And this time he jumped in, he just turned on and walked off, never even looked behind him. And I'm here to tell you that 48 other people jumped in after him and walked and trudged uh, off 
with wet boots and wet socks that may or may not dry before you got to the airport. And he stopped about a half mile down the road and turned to explain, and he said, I know that a lot of you had real problems when we jumped in the river trying to decide whether you were going to do it or not and whether you understood that or not. And I knew that you needed a second chance to do that. And in a second chance, everybody did it. And I think sometimes that's the way Jesus would work with us. He knows, he knows that sometimes we need a second chance. Sometimes we don't get it right the first time. And we need people who will give us time and who will give us space to make our mistakes. But most importantly, to give us another chance to get it right.